Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the first part of our full interview with Sloan Cold from DataRails, where we'll get to know more about AI and generative AI in the context of Treasury. Sloan has over 10 years of corporate finance experience in large and medium-sized CPG and technology companies, and she is now the head of DataRails lab at DataRails. DataRails is the AI-powered financial planning and analysis platform. Everybody uses Excel. They propose solutions for you to benefit from AI for data consolidation, reporting, and planning. In the episode of today, expect to learn what is AI and generative AI, or a refresher about it. What is machine learning? How do these technologies can change the way treasury professionals work? What specific problems or challenges in treasury can AI and generative AI help to address? And like always, much, much more. We were very much looking forward to this uh, series of episodes, as this is the first time we talk about FPNA on this podcast. Financial planning analysis has lots in common with Treasury, but also interdependencies and, of course, synergies. And it was very refreshing to explore this with Sloan. We hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you are thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. Please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform if you enjoyed the episode. This only takes five seconds. We'll help other people learn more about Treasury and discover us. But most importantly, that will mean the world to us. On another other note, this episode is brought to you by Automation Boutique. Automation Boutique is empowering Treasury, finance and risk management with tailored automation solutions. They believe Treasury and finance can lead your organization strategically drive innovation and provide key insights. We partnered with Automation Boutique as we really like their approach to innovation and how they help the treasury industry. For this specific partnership, they came up with an automation scan that can help you see if there are automation opportunities in your internal processes. It is totally free, non-intrusive and only takes about 10 minutes. If you want to have a look, head to the link in the description or head to automationboutique.com slash Corporate Treasury 101. With all that being said, please welcome Sloan Colt. So Sloan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Could you quickly start by going through what AI is just as a general topic to set the scene. I think most people have heard of it by now. It's quite famous nowadays, uh, but take us through the basics. What is AI and then the different types? Yeah, so I mean, really simply, AI is a, a computer simulation to try and replicate you know, human intelligence. Um, how far along we are in that is, is a tremendous debate. Um, my personal thoughts is we have a very, very long way to go. Um, but I think it, the recent developments, uh, particularly in the generative AI world, uh, and in particular computer vision and uh, NLP, which I'll get into in a second, um, have really just created an absolute buzz uh, in the world, you know, and, and especially in the business world, folks are keenly paying attention uh, as tools that can honestly really change the landscape a lot. Um, I see some really positive things. I think we can, things can go wrong too, but you know, again, that's a, <laughs> another topic. Um, but it, it's a absolutely amazing technology. We are able to 
create things without having a person actually created the computers created um, based on you know things that it's learned and um, that's like that a very layman's term and, and for the record I am not in like you know my background is understanding AI but I don't sit and do the coding behind any of it I don't make any of those you know I can understand a lot of it and have a lot of conversations with our R&D team on the technicalities but at the end of the day nobody is going to ask me to train their transformer for them <laughs> we can get into what that means yeah, so explain uh, that. So you, you mentioned like people, like computers making things without humans. Is that is that generative AI, right? So can you go through, let's say, what are the popular types? Yeah, so so first off, generative AI is kind of a funky term. Um, it's not an official kind of AI. It's something that that we've sort of in this landscape of ChatGPT uh, and things like MidJourney and Dolly uh, that people have ascribed to these types of computer programs that can create things. So ChatGPT uh, falls under what we would call natural language, uh, natural language processing. So natural language processing is basically where there's a whole corpus of data that uh, a computer system, a, a program, whatever you want to call it is. Uh, so it's basically where you have uh, a platform that can ingest this big corpus of data. And from that corpus of data, it basically understands all of these different patterns so when you ask a question, right, like, and this is the example to use right here is ChatGPT. You put in a question, it's going to use uh, a predictive statistical model to tell you what word should come next. So based on all these previous words, here's what I think the next word is going to be, uh, which means it can create some really, really funky things. Uh, that's, a, that's another topic, fun topic for the study. So natural language processing falls under that generative AI uh, moniker that have, that has been used. One that's one part of it. Another kind of generative, quote unquote, generative AI is computer vision. Uh, so those of you who, um, let's say, are you, you have this is Treasury, right? So we've got people who do AP and are dealing with all sorts of invoices coming in electronically and not electronically. Uh, there are programs out there that can literally read what is coming over on a PDF, for example and take all of that data, remove the complete layer of data entry so that all of it is about understanding, okay, is this the right thing? Did it grab the right PO? Is it going to the right you know, owner for this particular vendor? That kind of thing. So being able to read. So uh, actually it's technically not generative AI. So generative AI, the other piece of it is something like a, a image creation, right? Generative AI is Midjourney, Dolly. You can put in a prompt, and it's gonna it's gonna take that text, you know, pull it apart, and then put it back together as an image. Uh, you, anybody who hasn't played with those tools, I highly recommend you do. They are fun. Uh, you can play with them for free. Although I know Midjourney is getting harder and harder to play with for free because the bandwidth's always getting used up. Um, but it's a whole lot of fun to just create an image just out of your own text. Uh, and I don't know if anybody's paid attention to it, but there have been some really and very controversial things out there where people have won, you know, art awards, creating digital uh, digital art from AI. It's wild, uh, but very, very cool, very, very controversial, big topic to discuss on the ethics of that all, uh, but very amazing stuff out there. So those are the two main kinds of generative, uh, generative AI, which tends to be what most people talk about when they're talking about AI today. 
Uh, computer vision is another one, another kind of AI, very, very important, again, for those uh, AP folks out there, being able to read invoices that come in through PDFs or for, uh, uh, through even hard copy that you turn into a PDF, be able to read them, take all your data entry and put them right into your system without any human intervention, although you always want to check, make sure that it's going the right, th going to the right thing, grab the right thing, uh, grab the right PO, grab the right budget owner, that kind of a thing. And then I think another very important uh, kind of AI that's relevant to this, uh, this you know, treasury team here is machine learning. So machine learning, some people don't consider it AI. Um, I, don't, I don't personally know why it's AI. Uh, basically, it's where you're taking data and you're, you're making inferences from that data and continuing patterns. So things like predictive analytics fall under machine learning. Uh, there's many, many, many other applications of it. Um, but for this particular crew, that, that's sort of where it would fall into. Super cool. So the, you touched on that a little bit there. How are these technologies being used in Treasury today? And how is it changing the way Treasurers work? So think of things like cash flow management, capital management, uh, hedging, risk management, third-party risk management, all these areas where treasurers are, are their main concerns. What are, how is AI revolutionizing that? Yeah, so first off, I'll say I'm not a treasury expert. Um, I've worked in it tangentially and I, as a finance and accounting person and, and having worked in very broad range of kinds of companies, I've been exposed to lots of different kinds of cash management, but... Uh, certainly wouldn't, you know, my experience in treasury pale in comparison to most people listening to this podcast. So I'll put that disclaimer out there. Um, that said, there are so many applications based on what you've just said uh, of what people are doing today and what they will start doing in the future. So um, what I actually just touched on before in, in terms of machine learning, I think that's a really, really important topic. You're talking about cash flow forecasting, right? If you want to help understand what uh, what is going on in, in just your data, right? You can use a predictive analytical model that can forecast out your cash, right? Now, it's useless without human intervention. Uh, I'll say that about a thousand times uh, probably in this podcast. You really need to understand all the things that will change in your business. You're never going to be able to get that 100% right in a predictive analytic model. Um, but those are being, that is absolutely already being used in large companies today um, with, I think, some really, really fantastic results. Um, you want to double check your forecasts. You want to make sure that you're, you haven't missed a pattern somewhere. You want to see if there are anomalies somewhere that you haven't noticed just in your own analysis. AI is, is certainly a way that you can do it. And I think that's, that's true in finance well, uh, well beyond treasury. Uh, but for cash, it's obviously extremely crucial. Make sure you're not missing out on patterns that are already in your data. Uh, it's huge. And I'm sorry, you said other things. I want to make sure I cover those too. No, that's that's perfect. So that's those are quite interesting examples. You you started talking about AI with generative AI. Can you provide us with a few practical examples of actually how? where this and how AI could help, how generative AI could have useful applications in treasury. Oh, absolutely. I think gener I mean, generative AI is a little bit of a different, it's a little different, right, than, than other kinds of AI. You're working on creating something. So 
there's so, there's so many applications, whether it's setting policies or maybe you have, I don't know if you have a AR staff that's doing collections and need to send emails, personalized emails out. You can use all kinds of uh, generative AI to help you filter through some of that and, and actually access your, uh, you know, the recipients that you need to actually access to collect that cash. Um, you also can help, uh, you can also do things like if there are tools that are, it's going to end up being a shameless plug for data rails here. Um, but there are tools out there where you can actually connect your data in and then start asking questions about your particular data. So if you wanted to understand a trend or you wanted to understand, you know, uh, I don't know, you, you know, how your receivables looked versus your, you know, payables or something like that. And you're starting to try and think about how you're modeling things out, um, using generative tools like that would, would absolutely help you uh, in that process and also be able to answer questions quickly. Um, you know, one of the, I know we'll talk about it more, but one of the use cases for data else is uh, you know, for the FPNA genius that we have, for example, is being able to quickly get an answer to something that you just like haven't prepared for. Uh, I sat on a, about a gazillion board meetings where you're like, you have spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours preparing and you will still be asked something that you're just like <laughs> and then you're stuck trying to figure out what the answer is while everybody else is talking to the ceo and the chairman of the board and you know you're you're, you're like sort of kept out of it and have homework to do where everybody else is sort of just doing the actual work of being in the, in the room um so yeah is one of the is one of the recommendation application of treasury releases that live in the boardroom, when they ask you something about the treasury report that you haven't prepared, you can just ask generative AI and boom, project it on the screen. That will be. With the right tools, yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about being able to have access to your data in a very easy, quick, fast way, like that's, this is what generative tools are gonna start to do. There's obviously a lot more behind it than just uh, generative AI. Um, which is again why you need you know specific tools that are built for it. Um, would not recommend using ChatGPT, uh, although you technically can. Um, we think that. Um, so unless you're using enterprise ChatGPT, which now is a pretty new development, and um, I don't have experience with it, so I'll put that disclaimer on it. Uh, but you can, if you wanted to use enterprise ChatGPT, you could. You're not going to have full access to your data set. Right. So whatever, you know, if you want to understand the long, you know, the long range of your cash flow, you're only going to have access to whatever data you upload uh, to ChatGPT. If you're not using the enterprise version, your data, your very sensitive data that you do everything in the world to protect will be used to train their model. Uh, and then, you know, someone else asks a prompt, they ask what your company's whatever is, and all of a sudden they know. Um, so don't ever do that, uh, short of them changing their policies. I do think they might have an opt-out now, but I, I think the best practices, if you're using ChatGPT or similar, do not put anything private on there. So from a business application, especially from a finance application, it's very important that you look at your data privacy, your data security, um, make sure that you're not going to release your private information out into the wild. So is that the main reason why you wouldn't use ChatGPT? Is it just the data protection? Like, so you said, if you're in that situation where you're in the boardroom, you don't know something, use, don't use chat. You can use a generative AI to get that, but then we had a little joke about don't use ChatGPT. Uh, yeah, explain don't why. Use, don't use 
ChatGPT in the in the boardroom. Uh, because first of all, you don't you won't have time to set it up. It'll actually take you longer to use something like ChatGPT. Uh, you need to have a specific tool that's basically already been set up with your data. So when you're querying it, you get a quick answer. If you're sitting in a boardroom trying to ask ChatGPT, it's not going to know any of your stuff. So you're going to be spending a long time doing, you know, setting that up. Um, so it's too generic. It's way too generic. Great. Yeah. Way too generic. Uh, and also, again, your data, you know, if you have proprietary data, uh, unless you're using enterprise ChatGPT, be very, very cautious about where you send your data. So don't put your company forecast that's not public into ChatGPT and ask it questions. Very clear. Good to know. Um, <laughs> and if you, want, if you want to share with the world, have at it, but uh, I think most people listening probably aren't. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.